Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm Ryan Cabrera, your co-host, and I'm here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. So glad to be here. Oh, man. Excellent. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. There's a lot going on. There is. That's right. Never a dull moment. More than you know. Yeah, right. Never a dull moment. So speaking of a lot going on, we are in the season officially of Teshuvah. We are, uh, today as we're recording this, it is the second day of the month of Elul. Uh, We have our spiritual calendars. So listen, if you want one of these, uh, just like last year, we can ship these out to you. So if you'll email me your name and address and everything, we'll send these to you absolutely free. Uh, there's no charge. We just want to get them out. If it starts to get too crazy, then you know maybe that's a good problem. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But um, as of now, we're happy to send them out. Yes. And uh, we can also, if you would rather just print them off yourself, uh, I can get a PDF copy of that over to you as well. Uh, we've also got some very special guests coming. So we had uh, this month of August has been just like Israel month. You know oh, I mean? yeah, it's, been it just, great. it's just like Israel has come to Beit Tehila, you know, because we can't go We've to Israel. Oh, yeah, it's been, yeah, the post Shavuot season, yeah. But now we're in Teshuvah. But Avi Lipkin is coming on Monday the 16th. And then uh, Lars Anarshan is coming uh, Saturday the 21st. And also, again, Monday the 23rd. He'll be speaking on both of those days. So we're very excited for both of those guests. Avi Lipkin, as many people know, you may have seen him on like uh, Skywatch TV or oh, on yeah. Prophecy in the News. Um, he's been a friend of Beit Tehillah for over 20 years. And I, all I can say is he's always has interesting things to say. You never know what you're going to get, you know, when, uh, when Avi comes. He's always got the new and I fresh think, things uh, coming yeah. up. One of his last interviews was back in December, I believe. He talked about a mass exodus of Christians going to Israel. Wow. And I believe that was Prophecy Watchers. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Prophecy Watchers, correct. With Gary Stearman. Gary Stearman. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, a mass exodus of Christians going to Israel. Yeah. Wow. What a, I got to go check that out. I mean, maybe we'd be some of those people, <sighs> you know? I'm telling you. Um, and then Lars is uh, the head of Watchmen International. That's right. And uh, they're a prayer ministry that prays in the city of Jerusalem 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So they have people praying all the time. And so I just, I love that. Um, he's also an awesome man of God filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. And, um, loves Israel. Loves Israel. Just came out with a new book about the salvation of Israel. Very cool, yeah. No, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to have him coming. His wife Harriet is coming, and, and his granddaughter, granddaughter Shia. Shia. Yeah, all, all very She's cool 10. stuff. So I think for now that's enough announcements um, because we really need to get to the meat, you know? Yeah, we do. The meat. You know, they say get off the teat and get some meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> that's fast. true. We're on the Daniel Fast. <laughs> 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 tofu sticks. Better than nothing. <laughs> Um, I'm going to stop thinking about it because I was talking about fried chicken and steak over there. And then like, I was like, you know what? I think I'm done talking about steak. I think I'm, yeah. I think I'm all set. 
Um, I haven't had coffee. I was in like, you know. We've been doing well. Yeah. So doing much much give me some, come on. Oh, yeah. 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 Slave to Jesus. Doing real good. So today we are studying the Torah portion, Shoftim, which means judges. And this is the Torah portion that's found in the book of Deuteronomy, starting in chapter 16, starting in verse 18, and ending in chapter 21 in verse 9. Take all it right. away. Let's jump right in there. So what two types of people will be found at all the gates in Israel? So you're going to have judges and officers. Wow. Judges so and officers. A, think about it. It's a position of authority. Who's coming in? Who's going out? Right. Handling the cases. Um, the judges and the officers. Judges and officers. Actually, uh, it's interesting. Uh, Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. In Genesis 19.1. Which is why they say he was, what, like an equivalent of like a mayor or something like that? Well, they say that, but he was sitting there, but that's a speculation. Right. But I will say this, though, in regards to Lot, um, I'll say this. In Second Peter 2, 6 through 10. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an, an example unto those that after should live ungodly and delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds the lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust into the day of judgment to be punished but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they. Self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. And I just bring this about because, you know, Lot came out of Egypt. And so when he pitched his tent towards Sodom, then he ended up being in the entranceway of, of Sodom. Yeah. So he ended up being in there and tormented. You know, it's like... Why do we watch things or experience things that torments us or yeah. go into an environment that's not advantageous for us or not good? Right. Why would we do that? So anyway, also there's a reference that Boaz went to the gate of the city to settle a matter in marrying Ruth to get the kinsman redeemer situation. That's true. That's take, true. Taken yep. care of. So. You know, um, they also, it talks about, and I forget where it is in, in the story. I think Abram rescues Lot here, separationless. Somewhere in here it talks about uh, how the reason that the, the, the Lord was coming against Sodom was also because they had perverted justice. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. It didn't take care of the poor. It didn't take care of the poor. And so it's interesting because um, the verse, chapter 16, verse 19 here says, Thou shalt not rest judgment, thou shalt not respect persons neither take a gift for a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous now here this word respect really kind of means show partiality right so it wants to make sure that the judges are unbiased judges that they're going to be a good judge and not somebody that is going right. to uh, be swayed by their own personal gain or their own personal ideology or maybe you know, maybe they have some sort of uh, affection to the type of person or to literally the person that they're, you know, bringing judgment for. And then also not to take a bribe, you know, a gift. Um, you know, there's there's even been cases in Israel, right? One of the cases against Benjamin Netanyahu was that uh, he had accepted uh, cigars and champagne, you know. And it's not necessarily like in that particular case, 
Uh, it's not that, you know, oh, he accepted cigars and champagne and that was his payment for doing political, you know, right. favors. Uh, but being above reproach would say, hey, don't accept these gifts from people because it can be viewed by others in an, you know, an unclean way. Right. You know, that's interesting. And, and I want to bring out this point because it's interesting that we talked about that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that as far as um, taking gifts um, incorrectly or whatever. But it's interesting that in Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, it says this. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So it's a position of influence. Right, so who's right. controlling the gates? You know, Islam is making a big push in the Middle East. You know, they're pushing Christians out. They're taking the gates of the cities. They're, they're taking control and literally driving Christians out of the Middle East. Uh, I talked with a gentleman who has a business, a restaurant, and he was a, he's an Egyptian Coptic Christian. And he was saying that, he, you know, the family was forced out of, out of Egypt because of their beliefs. Yeah. Because it's dwindled down. Yeah, it hit tapping. Actually, a bombing. Uh, an Egyptian Coptic church was bombed. I think it was one Easter or something. But anyway, you, so that's uh, positions of influence. Now we move on to thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift for a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise and pervert uh, the words of the righteous. Deuteronomy 16, 19. So, so why are some of the governments in the world today favoring certain people and taking gifts? Mm, you so know, favoring certain people. Right. And then taking gifts. So maybe you're doing things that I really like that you're doing so I can bless you. Right. But maybe, you know, you want me to do something so you bless me. Right. You know, the whole idea. called lobbyists. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's rules, right? But, um, I mean, just the idea. So think about this for a second. If you want to support uh, a political campaign or a politician, you don't just vote for them, right? You give money. And so people, organizations, political action committees, and things like you that. You only give so much. Well, except you can give as unlimited amounts to political action committees. And the reason you can do that is because, um, anyways, there's a Supreme Court case, Citizens United, that allows now uh, entities to donate to political campaigns. So businesses can donate and things like that, which basically makes it an unlimited amount that you can do. Right. So... What happens now is we have this system set up to where you don't just support somebody and vote for them. You donate money. Well, guess what? The people that are those big donors, now that politician owes something to those right. people. Whether you like it or not, it's just right. a piece of politics, right? The people that got them to that place. Because the reality is you can't campaign today without yeah, TV commercials yeah. and ads on social media. Isn't there like two high priests in the time of Jesus? One was playing the high priest behind the scenes, but the Romans appointed one. So they mm. played off each other. Mm. I think it was. Uh, I think it. I think it's. Yeah, it, that was going on. Wow. So the Romans appointed it. This is who we want to be the high priest. But the real high priest was behind the scenes. So they had the Roman puppet, right? That uh, sounds familiar today, doesn't it? It does. A little bit. The puppet president. The puppet. The puppet high priest president. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm just saying, who's really you know pulling the strings? Was it like the Manchurian candidate? Yes, the Manchurian candidate. That's right. So I, I want to point something out to you, Ryan, that's very interesting. You know, you're familiar with commerce, with your business. I am. Champion Payments. That's right. That's right. A little plug there. Thank you. But uh, 
Antiochus Epiphanes in Daniel 11.32, it says, uh, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Now think about that. Huh. So the Antichrist is, is waving on the side of the wicked, the people that want to be secular or whatever it is, against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. By flatteries. Caused to dissemble. By bribes. Yeah. Now, now that's, that's Antiochus. But the Antichrist is in Daniel 11.39, if we continue on. Yeah. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with the strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for gain. Hmm. So this is actually what's going on. And uh, you can see this right here, Daniel 11.39. And, of course, he wants to give, you know, gifts... It says right here, uh, but in his estate, in verse 38, I should have read that one first. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, and a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Some kind of a commerce thing yeah. going on there. Actually, it's trafficking. So the devil's into trafficking. Yes, he There's is. trafficking of humans. Yeah. But, uh, and that's actually one of the prophets was mentioning that um, it was about trafficking. Yeah some sort of, you know, distribution. You know, the other thing here is um, everybody wants something, right? There's, there's, in every situation. So the bribe, in any case, the, the proof you have to bring is a quid pro quo. You have to prove a quid pro quo in a bribe. Hey, if I give you this, then I'll give you this. It's that, that's what it is. But that's the reason why this happens. The reason that people favor people and it's the reason that people take and the governments do this. No, of course not. And it's funny, we were having a conversation, you know, my son was asking, well, like I offer Abby sometimes, you know, um, one of my younger daughters, um, you know, this in order to get that or whatever, like they make deals. I was like, well, that's fine. You know, the bribe here is talking about when, you know, it's not a trade, right? You can't trade on behalf of the people, because right. it's a conflict of interest. Because if you're an official capacity and you're representing the people, then for you to then get personal gain for doing public service, right? that's where the problem comes in and it becomes an issue. Yeah, you can actually prove that. Yeah. That and then the love of mammon. I mean, there is a spirit around greed and the love of mammon and um, the worship of mammon and the, just the gathering of things. And it's never enough, right? Right. And so people just continue and continue and continue to... to to you know, once they hit a goal, right? What do you do? Well, you got to hit the next goal because you know you the 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 fulfillment comes in the making of progress, not in you know the things of the Lord at that point. And so you'll never be satisfied. You know, the eyes are never satisfied. What is it? The the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It'll never. You can never satiate it. That's true. There's a never-ending struggle. So, what are the uh, the qualities of, of a leader? Do you know that's in Timothy? You want to look that up for me, Ryan? The qualities of a leader? Like of, a, of an elder? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is... Um, and then I want to share something, too, in here that's very interesting. There's four I'll find elders. it here. Look at that. Uh, uh, find that? I will, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's in there, Timothy and Titus. So let me see here. Uh, uh, I always love this one, too, because this is one of the ways to where I go with like good, better, best when it comes to certain things in life and how, you know. Let me do mine first. All right, go ahead. We'll do the Old Testament first. Exodus 18. 
Okay, the first judges. He says this. The qualifications of a true elder. Uh, let's see here. It's right here. What are the qualifications of a true elder? Let's see here. Here we go. Uh, it says right here in Exodus 18.21, the qualities, qualifications for a leader or a judge. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. So taking a bribe allows you to get riches. Right. And it's almost a form of covetousness. Right. Well, because you covet the thing that you're getting. Right. You know? So there's a couple things in here. The Titus uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 5, gives you the qualifications for an elder. It says, For this cause I left thee in Crete, and thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanted, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, uh, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faith, uh, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Man, if that's not a good list, I don't know what Slim is. Slim pickings, boy. Well, it definitely narrows the field of uh, acceptable well, candidates. Let's, let's move on into idolatry, Ryan. I'll let you take that. We're in Deuteronomy 17 now. We're cruising into idolatry. I mean, you speak for yourself. <laughs> that was a knee slapper. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, Deuteronomy chapter 17, idolatry. Now, could the children of Israel sacrifice a bullock or a sheep to the Lord that had a blemish? The answer is no. No. Now, I want to read to you something that's very important in Malachi. So you cannot offer up something with a blemish, correct? Right. So it says right here in Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, in regards to the priest, check this out. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest that despise my name. And you say, Wherein have we despised thy name? You offer polluted bread upon my altar, and you say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person? Saith the Lord of hosts. You wouldn't give that to a governor. No, you wouldn't. Why are you going to give it to me? No, it's not good. We know when it's a good offering. That's right. That's right. You do know it. Um, so then what was the punishment for idolatry? Stone to death. So these verses here that go through this, that talk about um, doing this, it talks about being stoned to death was the punishment for idolatry and you know you had to have two or three witnesses in order 
to put someone to death. So you, it was required. You couldn't just put someone to death on the, the count of one witness. It had to be two or three That's true. Now, witnesses. let's go back just a little bit to that stone to death yes. for idolatry because um, it's interesting that it says here in verse 3, And hath gone and served other gods and worshipped them, either the sun or moon or any of the hosts of heaven, which I have not commanded. So now you have astrology. Yeah. Astrology. Not astronomy, astrology. Now, if you look at this... In the book of Romans, we want to look at something here. Let me use my little. It's funny how you got to find your own little cross references. You oh, know? yeah. But it, it actually says, you know, we're not to worship the sun, moon, and stars. Um, let's see here. It says right here. Let's see here. You don't want to worship creation. Let's see here. I think it's right here. Oh, let's see here. One twenty-five. Yeah. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So it's called, you know, the animal magnetism is like being drawn to animals, using them in your culture, sports teams like the bears, the dolphins. Yeah. Animal magnetism. But yeah, so we're not to worship, you know, the sun, moon and stars, you know, and um, and that's just that's just the way it is. And the penalty is to be stoned to death. Now. I, I, I was thinking about this, and I was like, you know, that seems like a really harsh punishment, don't you think? I mean, to be stoned to death. I mean, it's we're in America. People are doing all kinds of crazy stuff willy-nilly, right? But in America, we have these principles or these values that we've set up, right? Like uh, one of them being freedom of speech, freedom of religion. So people can say what they want. They can worship who and however they want. Right. Right. So we've done these things in order to provide protections for people. But God seems to be saying something different. So I've kind of come up with something in my mind that I think might be the reason that like when we hear things like this, we immediately kind of feel icky like, oh, you know, it is. It's rough. Right. But at this time, the goal was to hate sin and to hate idolatry so much that the punishment for it was death. Right. Today we do not have that. We no. we we are desensitized so much right. that like we are making excuses for why the the punishment we're trying to skirt the issue and all of this. And I'm I'm guilty of it as well, right? Because of what we see on TV, what you know, things are going on. God's ways are higher than our That's ways. That's right. And idolatry is whatever you give your strength to, whatever right. you get your strength from, that could be an idol. Right. And so here's the kicker. Okay. A remote, a remote control. So you ready for the kicker? Half and half of your coffee. The kicker is this. So you had to have two or three witnesses, right? Yeah. But the witnesses were responsible for throwing the first stone at the guilty party. There so you, you have it. So you couldn't just better come out. make sure out. you're right. You better make sure you're right. And that also says that the difficult matters that required judgment were taken to the priests, Levites, and the judge. 
So there was a, a system of justice. If you couldn't work it out amongst right. your brethren and yourselves, right. then there was another level That's right. to take it to. I like that. You know, in Deuteronomy 17, 12, in the ESV, it says, English Standard Version, the man who acts presumptuously by not obeying the priest, presumptuously means overstepping due. Uh, it means um, bounds. Um, it means, uh, let's see here. Let's see, overstepping or, yeah, overstepping due bounds. So there's bounds, but you overstep them. Um, taking liberties, going beyond what is right or proper, excessively forward, showing little respect for others by doing things you have no right to do. Ooh. Showing little respect for others by doing things you have no right to do. Presumptuous. That is being presumptuous. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good word. So what was the title given to the person who would rule over Israel? King. So... I think it, it makes... Is that Malak? Yeah, Malak. Yep. Malak. So I think it... A little Hebrew in here. <laughs> you know. Malak. Um, I think it, it bears uh, mentioning that the verse here says, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt possess it, and, sh- and shalt dwell therein, and shalt say, I will set a king over me like is all the nations that are about me or, or around me. Right. I'm, I'm in my quiet time in the morning right now. I'm reading for Samuel, you know, and the way that Saul becomes king is just interesting. And Sam, Samuel comes and throws the gauntlet down to the people. He's like, I haven't taken anything from you people. That's right. I've done nothing wrong. You know, you are choosing this. So when you don't like having a king anymore, <laughs> remember that you brought this on yourself. That's true. <laughs> it is. It is. And so ultimately he even tells them, look, you know, th- I haven't taken anything from you, but a king's going to come right. and get your chariots, the, the your horses. The Torah, so he's going to take your daughters. Well, he yeah. knew it, but he specifically says that you're going to bring it on yourself. He right. knows it's a prophecy more than it oh, is a yeah. command. It's not a command to have a king. It's a prophecy do, yeah. that they would do it. That these are the, these are the and, and why did they want to do it? They wanted to do it because they wanted to be like the nations that were around them. Right. Again, they're paying attention to the people around them and not to God himself. Right. And so the king was not allowed to multiply to himself horses and wives. And Solomon did that. Oh, absolutely. 700 wives, 300 concubines. He had a lot of horses and chariots. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Gold and treasure that's beyond any yeah. comparison to I today. Think it's in, uh, let's see here. I think it's in 1 Kings 4. 1 Kings 4, 26. Says, and Solomon had forty thousand stalls of horses for his chariots and twelve thousand horsemen. Now, not only did he go against God, but it was called heaps, <laughs> heaps. <laughs> yeah, no, he had some heaps. Prosperity. Yeah, Solomon. Heaps. Solomon believed in the prosperity read gospel. Again. Solomon had forty thousand stalls of horses <laughs> for his chariots and twelve thousand horsemen. It's incredible. That's incredible. What else can he not multiply? All right. Well, it's not that he couldn't multiply. It was that um, the king was to write a copy of the law and have it read at all times. Let's go back to the wives, though. Oh. First Kings 11. Oh, horses and wives. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. First Kings 11, 1 through 4. Just want to show you where he got in trouble. But King Solomon loved many strange women. 
together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Heatites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go into them, neither shall they come into you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Mm. No longer turned towards God. You see... Wow. You know, that's tough. Being as that we're in the season of Teshuvah right now, we were talking about Solomon last night. You know, Solomon started out well. Yeah. But he didn't finish well. No, he didn't. Whereas David started out well, took kind of some veers off the course, but he finished well. He was a man after God's own heart. Exactly right. And so the, the point here is that he went after other gods. I don't believe David ever did that. I, don't, I can't think no, of any. No. any um, but he did like his women. Well, he liked his women. You know, I, I mean, this is what we can ask David when we get there. No, we don't need to ask him anything about David. David, listen, you had wives and concubines, but Bathsheba must have been ooh la la. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, it's so easy to just. Yeah. Like, if, if we don't appreciate the wife we have, or yeah. if we don't appreciate what God has given us, yeah. paid off vehicle, whatever it is, we, we could easily go whoring or looking and. Well, all that other the, stuff. the heart of man, right, being deceptively wicked as it is. They have this thing called the 80-20 rule, which works in a lot of, you know, Pareto's principle. So whatever it is that your current wives or whatever it is that you have now doesn't have, that's what you're looking for. So it's not that, she, you know, necessarily Bathsheba was better. She just had the 20% that maybe the other woman didn't. That's interesting. You know? That's kind of scary. So, so, so real quick, they, the king was to write a copy of the law, right? And I think about King David. And have it to read at all times. Yeah. And so I read this to somebody one time, and I'm going to tell you their reaction afterwards. And so it says this. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And the commandments of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, and the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, more than fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Now that's Psalm 19, verses 7 but through that's 11. That's nice, Ryan, but that, I just want to, that's been done away with. Well, that's, that's the point. So what was said to me was this. Because I, I was mentioning that this was written by King David. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but he's not talking about like the law, like the Jewish law. And I'm like, mm, I think so. What law do you think <laughs> he's talking about? I mean, the like, law, it's Torah. Because here's the thing Christians, but, in the Greek, it's nomos. but here's the thing Christians don't think of King David as Jewish, just like they don't think of Jesus as Jewish. They don't associate Jews and Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. They, they understand it academically, but they don't really understand that like King David is like King Jew. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's like the Jewiest Jew That's right. of, Judah. of ever, Judah. right? Well, my, my, my point exactly, Judah. right? Duh. Duh. So then to think that he doesn't know what the law is, never mind the fact that he has to write the Torah every year and read it and proclaim it to the people at Tabernacles, right? That's right. So I just, I think about things like that and I'm like, wow, you know, this, this is That's something that God is. put in there in order to bring a love for God's law into the heart of a king. I agree. So... So, so as we move on into Deuteronomy 18, the priests and the Levites shares 
uh, you know, what they get was the Levites' inheritance to the Lord. It was, yes. The Levites' inheritance was the Lord. The Levites were to stand and minister to the people in the name of the Lord. Okay. If you want to check out Malachi chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, uh, there's a bad connotation there that they didn't quite follow. You don't have to go there, Ryan. Oh, okay. But, but anyway, yeah, he kind of gets on to them. Basically, they, they lose face. They lose respect yeah. because they're not fulfilling their role as a, as a priest to teach the Torah. They're hypocrites and different things. Uh, even goes so far as to say that they basically have dung on their face. Ooh, That's how bad the reputation good. is. Uh, so the following eight things were considered as, an, <coughs> as abominations to the Lord. These eight things. One that makes his children to pass through the fire. Divinations, enchanters, witches, charmers, consulter of familiar spirits, wizards, and necromancers. Now, getting into the divinations and the occult, what is the occult? It's not revealed. It's like a secret. It's hidden. Okay, it's hidden. Hidden from view or concealed. Not easily apprehended or understood. Abstruse. Mysterious. Okay? And so it's interesting that that we see all of this, the negative connotation or the negative part of it, mm-hmm. of, of the evil wickedness of demonic activity and darkness and all that. But who was God going to raise up from among the children of Israel? Well, he's going to raise up a prophet. But speaking of this, the one thing that sticks out to me here, God is commanding them away from these, these eight things. These are eight real things. Right. And so I want to just stress the fact that there are people that took their children and passed them through the fire as sacrifices to, yeah. to their gods, okay? Divinations, enchanters, witches, charmers, consulters of familiar spirits, wizards, and necromancers. There are people that call on uh, spirits that are already dead. Think about Samuel, right? Saul goes to the, um, whatever, witch the witch of Endor and, and brings back Samuel's spirit. I mean, this is a story that happens in familiar the story, Bible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we don't know for sure, but it does prophesy about his death, and his death happens. So right. it's kind of like, uh, can't speak to the dead. These are all things that exist even to this day. And so the spiritual warfare is real, and we need to be awake to understand that these things are happening. And sober not and vigilant. Sober and vigilant. See, Amen. Don't have too many irons in the fire, you know. So it says right here in Deuteronomy 18, 18, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. That's right. So who is the prophet that fulfilled this prophecy? Well, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say off the bat, Yeshua. But there's prophets all along the way, and I'm, if we read our reference quote here from chapter 3, verse 22 uh, through 26 of the book of Acts, it's going to tell us that all of the prophets spoke of and pointed to this, this prophet. Let's, let's hear it. It says, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets and the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall the kindreds of the, shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son, Jesus, 
sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. And that's what's handed down from generation to generation, our iniquities. And the first person to have iniquities was Satan. That's right. So we have this. <clears throat> and of course, um, I want to add this. In, in Deuteronomy 18.22, we talked about this. 18.22 says, When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow mm. not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. So speaking it presumptuously. Like how about President Trump's going to get another term? Oh. That's presumptuously. <coughs> now let's go back over that, that definition. Showing little respect for others by doing things you have no right to do. Okay. Excessively forward. Overstepping, right? Do right. bounds. Taking liberties. Going beyond what is right or proper excessively forward that is acting presumptuously that's what that is so ryan let's get into uh deuteronomy 19 uh laws concerning the cities of refuge i'm gonna let you take that from there so laws concerning the cities of refuge that's right so there were three cities of refuge on the west side of the jordan river also on the east side too and then also three on the east side now you could not live in a city of refuge if you were found guilty of murder so this was not just like they're gonna come get you uh what is that island tortuga this was not tortuga where like the criminals would just go to just have like a bastion of you know i didn't know that you I know like that the pirate it. island That's you know tortuga where all the pirates would base out of um wow, so I they went around yeah, yeah it's like the mogadishu mile i gotta check out all <laughs> <those>. <laughs> That's completely separate and different. I but know, yeah. but I've got to, you guys are saying things, and I'm like, what? That sounds like a f good saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the Mogadishu Mile is a tough mile. Let's just put it that way. Um, now, like I was saying, you can't live there if you were guilty of murder. This was a place for people that were either awaiting a trial uh, or they were... Um, you know, hiding from the Avenger, right? The Revenger, the the you were the kinsman redeemer, kinsman redeemer, because they had accidentally killed someone's kin, right. right? Now, what are you not to do in regard to a neighbor's landmark? Do not remove it. That's right. So this is interesting. We're getting into just some specific little little things here. I like this. Um, you don't move a neighbor's landmark. Have you ever been in the place where you had the opportunity to move a landmark? Not really, because yeah. the chain link fence was pretty well established. <laughs> or the wooden fence. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've been there. You know, I have seven acres of land, and, you know, there's markers, you know, where the, the end of the line is or whatever, and there is some fencing. We had an empty lot that was next to our house, and we played it all the time. We didn't own it. Uh, well, that's not moving and the boundary. And then my dad finally though. bought it. Oh, okay. That's good. But it's just, you know, there's a little gray area. Yeah, that's a great story. <laughs> like that? I do. I know. <laughs> so how many witnesses were needed to establish a matter? Two or three. Yeah. So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking that maybe that the judges of Israel would allot certain crimes that, or certain punishments at least, right? So maybe you could be convicted of a crime, but you would get the, be the, the they'd throw the book at you if you had three witnesses. But if you only had two, then you were guilty and you had a punishment or whatever. Maybe you were exiled, but that they would only establish it at two or three because certain things hold more weight. Because I was wondering why two or three? Three would like, be better. If, if I'm on trial, case. you better get three. Three would be better. I would say I so. I would want three. I would want three as well. All right, so pff, boom. Burn right, through chapter so, 19. So in, in Deuteronomy 
chapter 20, verses 1 through 8, this is uh, how to wage war. So now the Lord's saying, this is how you're going to wage war. Who was to come out to the children of Israel and encourage them before they went to battle? The priest now. Wow. I can imagine the priest coming out and, like, giving, like, a pep talk, you know. Like, uh, you know, (laughs) what's his name? Uh, Mel Gibson and uh, Braveheart, you know what I mean? Where he's like, you know, I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance, defiance of tyranny. Yes. You know? And uh, the priest would he gave a good speech. Very compelling, How you know. How powerful is that? Now think, the priest isn't even in the group. Yeah, right. They don't even call him. No, well, they're still chaplains. They don't even need him. They still have chaplains. To some degree, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that before they went out to battle. <sighs> yeah, but that was back when they went the onto priest. a field. Now you're like hiding. Like, I don't want them to know where I am because they're going to bomb How me. How far have we come from the priesthood? <sighs> I'm just saying. Just the basic, just the basic job description. Yeah. How far have we have we gone away? Pretty far. The following four circumstances would exempt someone from going to battle. Number one, a man who has built a new house and not lived in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to live in it so you can experience it. Yep. Number two, a man who has planted a vineyard and not eaten of it. So hey, you know, you're exempt. Right. Number three, a man who is betrothed to a wife and not yet married. Yeah. See that. A man who is fearful and faint-hearted. Mm, not Coward. good. Yeah. So I was thinking about this, and you could, you know, invariably get seven years off of your military service if you separated this out. So if you build a house, you get a year, right? Then you get married at the end of that year, you get another year, okay? Then you plant a vineyard, and you can't eat of the vineyard until the fifth year, right? So then you get five years until you can eat of it. So now you've got seven years but then you got to go to battle. <laughs> but hey, seven years of peace, you know? I just found it interesting that yeah. it comes together as a seven. In verse eight says, uh, of Deuteronomy 20, verse eight, and the officers shall speak further unto the people and they shall say, what man is there that is fearful and faint hearted? Let him go and return to his house. Lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. Yeah, you don't want that. Brave heart. Brave heart. So that means to melt, like your heart just caves in. So were the children of Israel to besiege a city without first offering it a peaceful surrender? No, I found that interesting. You have to offer surrender terms. That's right. You know. So listen. You don't see Israel starting any wars. With no, you don't. don't. No. Listen, if you'll pack your things and get out, where everything will be fine. You know, it's interesting. Like they'll, they'll send leaflets or they'll send out a, I know. a, a public announcement. In Text Gaza, messages. Yep. In Gaza to get out. Yeah. Wow. Right? What country does that? None. None. Uh, if the children of Israel attacked the city, all the males would die if they did not surrender peacefully. Wow. The children of Israel had to completely destroy the following six groups of people. The Heatites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Heavites, and Jebusites. Okay. And when God's people went against the city, what should they do with the fruit trees? Don't destroy them. Don't do things out of spite. You know, mm-hmm. there was a time in Israel where they cut down all the trees because they were taxed. Right. No joke. Yep. There used to be forests in Israel. Right. The forest of Ephraim. Ooh, the forest of Ephraim. You know, I uh, when Christian and I were there, we were plant, replanting the forest of Ephraim. So that's interesting, you know. Cut down all the trees because they don't want to be taxed. Yeah. Well, and it is. I mean, talk about cutting your nose off to spite your face. But they also salted the land, and really they made it desolate. But that was the fulfillment of a prophecy, right? So we know those things happen I know. For Imagine a that. 
you'll be so cursed the law the land would be salted right it's found in the law it is and the romans did it (laughs) that's right you know also about destroying um fruit trees uh in earlier in the tour portion and i just remembered it said this it talks about uh, in verse uh, chapter 16, verse 21, it says, Thou shalt not plant thee a grove of any trees near unto the altar of the Lord thy God, which thou shalt make thee. And so there was a practice um, amongst the pagan people of planting groves, because you'll hear them, hey, they're groves. You'll talk about the, you know, the right. way they worship these uh, these pagan gods and all that. Tree huggers? I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that one lie where it's at. Um, talking tree. But... I don't know if they were fruit trees or if maybe they were evergreen trees, and maybe that's where the Ashtaroth whole worship comes from, is the planting of you know yeah, a Christmas tree and all that. But I know that there's something with the evergreen tree, um, but possibly also maybe with fruit trees, you know, maybe something with fertility and abundance and things like that, because you could obviously eat off it. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. And not the creator. Yeah. Well, that's especially nuts. when the creator is right there for and, and giving us all of this information to, to do with. You know I mean, it's not like he's hiding from us. And, oh, I, I didn't know. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? You know I mean, it's just people do this and in just spite. Like cutting down a perfectly good tree for Christmas and putting it in your house and it dies. Yeah. It doesn't seem... It yeah, doesn't I mean, they're, they're, they're planted for that purpose, yeah. though. You know? I know, we get a fake tree. Because it's for pagan idolatry, yeah. you know? But anyway, it's interesting. We have to ask ourselves, why do we do what we do? All right. Our customs, our traditions, why do we do what we do? That's right. And we have to be able to explain that. Yeah. So I'm going to let you finish up with Deuteronomy 21. All right. Expiation for innocent blood. Wow. That's an that's a SAT word for the day. Expiation. That's a big word. That's <laughs> not so big. It's just, I don't know what it is. about the Mogadishu Nile. You keep saying that word. I don't think you know what it means. What's the name of that island again? Mogadishu? Not the island. The island? Oh, Tortuga. Tortuga. It's in the Caribbean. Not Tartuga. Tor. Tartuga. Key Largo. No. No. <laughs> Bermuda. Bahamas. Come on, pretty mama. Why did we go there? Uh, because you started singing. I know, but you were singing along. It's Tortuga. T-O-R. Tor. Tortuga. Not Tartuga. See, there's more than just Tor in this lesson today. <laughs> Hardy hard, matey. I'm going to Tartuga. <laughs> there'll be plenty of fun there. I don't even know what to say. Uh, I actually think there might even be a documentary on Netflix about pirates right now. You know they're lawless. That's the whole point. I know. That's the point of Tortuga. It was a lawless island. You know? It is. So expiation for innocent bloodshed. All right. So was there a way to investigate the murder of a slain person found in a field? Yes. That's right. There was a way. So here's the scenario. It's like CSI. Yep. Somebody comes upon a dead body that's been slain out in a field, right? And there needs to be a way to do it. So what do they do? They measure. They measure. They get everybody together. So what three groups have people were used to absolve the crime of shedding innocent blood? Your elders, judges, and priests. That's right. So the, the nearest towns would all come and they'd show up at the scene and they'd measure which one was closest. Whichever one was closest was responsible for... Um, the process of absolving the crime of the shedding of innocent blood, okay? And so so a heifer was used as part of this process to absolve the crime of a slain person, meaning they would slaughter. Female cow. So they would actually, they wouldn't do it on on the altar in um, the tabernacle. They would actually take it down, I think it said to like a valley, and they would slay it. 
and then they would um, absolve the crime there. And so the closest city to the slain body was responsible for absolving the crime of a slain person that was found Unsolved in a field. crime. Right. That's what it is. Right. <clears throat> and the process to absolve the crime of shedding innocent blood was used to remove guilt. Right. So it's cool because Nate, a uh, um, uh, young man that's been coming to Beit Tehillah for a while now, um, mentioned something that I really liked. He just articulated it well. And he says, hey, just because it's not your fault doesn't mean it's not your responsibility. I like that. Right. So, for example, something happens to your car. Right. Yeah, sure. Maybe it wasn't your fault, but now you have to take care of getting it fixed. That's right. Right. Whether you financially are responsible or not is a whole other side of it. But you have to walk through that process. You now have been, you know, queued up to, to take action. Right. So. So, wow, that's the end of chapter 29 or 20 uh, or the tour portion. Sorry, just the tour portion. That's yeah. And I guess if we look at it, <coughs> I was just thinking about. Where's it at? That Deuteronomy is broken up into four parts. Uh, chapters 1 through 4 are remembrances of the past. Uh, chapters 4, verse 44 through 26 are commandments for the present. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, chapters 27 through 30 are options affecting the future. Chapters 31 through 34 are parting words of Moses. And five key words uh, in Deuteronomy, which is the book of remembrance, is, of course, number one, remember. Number two, obey. Number three, blessing. Number four, curse. Number five is covenant. So there you have the book of remembrance, five key words. Um, that is really, really good. All right. So what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion team from a consensus of Pastor Nick? Wow. Well, I only have one. You only have one. I only have one. Uh, but but I can make it. I can make a second one. I would. Let's I would hear it. I would say uh, honor the leadership positions of judges, officers, priests, and kings. Honor the leadership. Yep, I'm you sure know, you. It's yeah. funny you really like that one. Honor the leadership. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, bless them. Bless them. Bless their socks. Financially. Just bless them in all ways. Yeah. Even homemade macaroni and cheese after the Daniel fast. <laughs> So, uh, number two, I would say, looking this over, mm-hmm. I would say, um, you know, avoid idolatry. Put God first. That's right. I like it. All right, so here's my two. The standards for priests and judges, Pastor <laughs> Nick, is higher than that for everyone else. The standards for priests and judges is higher than the standard for everyone else. And uh, my second one... Uh, came Say that again. The standards for priests and judges is higher than the standard for everyone else. Oh, wow. I like that. Yeah, so to whom much is given. Wow, thanks, Ryan. Huh? Much is required. That's uh, going to be a lot of work. Yep. And we're all responsible for each other. Amen. Wow, that's deep. We have a collective responsibility to care for one another, to raise up our children right so that our society will be a good society, all of those things, right? We have a, a, a collective responsibility. So why don't you... Uh, yeah, I want to just one last thought oh, here, oh. just a little note here. The half Torahs for the book of Deuteronomy are quite fascinating. Uh, Ashley, in, in the second portion of Deuteronomy, uh, Torah portion, it mentions Isaiah then the next one, Isaiah 49, then it goes to 54, 51, 54, 60, 61. So it's very interesting that like it's a, it's, it's toward Wait, the end of Wait, what happened Isaiah. to 53? 
Well, we're not going to get into that right now. But anyway, um, in Isaiah 51.12 to 52.12 is the half tour in Isaiah. I encourage all of you to read the prophets that goes along with this. Yeah, amen. Uh, Isaiah 51.12 to 52.12 is the, the half tour. So it's the reading from the prophets that goes along with this. So, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for Teshuvah. We're in day two, approaching the evening of day three tonight. And we just thank you for allowing us to return and to repent. Father, we just pray uh, blessings over Beit Tehillah. We pray obedience over Beit Tehillah. We pray that we would hear your voice, and only your voice would we obey. We come before you, Father. We ask you to forgive us our sins against uh, you, against each other, against ourselves. We ask you to forgive us and cleanse us, Father, as we are returning back to you. We are doing Shub, and we are returning back to you. And so we thank you for this. In the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, bless you guys. Have a great week.